When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. start this episode off right um so hello hey what's up the kiss army it's tom and zeus with another episode of shout out loudcast episode 108 called mtv kiss unmasking tom how's it hanging I'm sorry. If only people knew what the hell was going on the last hour right now. Oh. We were just about to start. And as we were about to start, I swear to God, these idiots do it on purpose. Our text group with Potter Than Hell and uh, and Sonny Pooney, Murph, and uh, Tony from Restraint. Somebody sends us a photo of the Ripper bending over, lifting one of her legs up. <laughs> we are, without a doubt, the most immature podcast in the land we can't even get started correctly oh god we're in our late 40s my god and and we can't stop giggling about this poor lady that likes to fucking lean a little to the right lift her leg up and it looked like she's going Let's be serious. Nobody stands like that naturally. <laughs> that is a somebody got to her and said, "Hey, these fucking guys, these shouted out loudcast podcast guys, they're on to you. You're the ripper. So <laughs> stop doing it correctly." Or this guy has a fetish. And she, what, what do you want me to do? Fart? <laughs> what do you want me to eat today? <laughs> what should he eat? What should he eat? <laughs> some collard greens <laughs> with with some Chinese rice <laughs> and a couple burritos from Taco Bell. Oh, okay. A pose. Ready? Let me take this photo. And then she does not a loud one. She does an SPD and he goes, 
What album should I hold up tonight? What? Well, why don't you have some beef stroganoff? Wash it down with wash it down with a big kidney for. How right. about some Guinness? All right. <laughs> we gotta stop. Freaking two minutes into this, I'm already dead. Oh, they right. need to stop sending us stuff. I swear they do it on purpose. Right before we tape, and all of a sudden the ripping fucking texts come over. Yeah, now that now the now the Facebook group has turned into like the ripper group. Oh my god. It, and you know, and those that are like online or text us or tweet us, excuse me, like, yeah, show us a picture. Dude, look it up. I'm not putting under our headline. We're not putting a photo up there. Everybody else knows. Anybody else who wants to tag this and put it up, that's them. We're not doing it. So we all know a, who it is. Zeus is an attorney. He know he understands what plausible deniability is. <laughs> We're not putting up pictures of anything. Of, of a lady <laughs> lifting her leg up and dropping <laughs> ass. Yeah, yeah, we're all set with that stuff. So, anyways, getting past that catastrophe open, Tom, I was telling you earlier, I got no fucking sleep, literally none. Could not sleep, insomnia, uh, major snowstorm over here in Massachusetts. I could hear every fucking asshole in my condoplex with their shovel out here all night long with their metal shovels on my sidewalk. Fucking pissed me off. I got no sleep. I'm not that different from you. Southern New Hampshire, same thing. We're about two, three o'clock in the morning. The plows came by my neighborhood, and the guy kept dropping the plow. Sounded like a <laughs> earthquake. Like, dude, there's like three inches of snow on the ground. There's no need. Yeah, exactly. And they were just, I don't know if they were getting paid by the hour. So they were, Ugh. we had like, it was slowly dropping. Yeah. This asshole was out there for four or five hours with this yep. metal shovel. Brutal. Oh, my God. Tom, before we get really going into the episode, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to Kevin Northern. Kevin is our new uh, Patreon member. Uh, Kevin's been with us for quite some time and uh, just joined with Patreon and want to give him a specific shout out. Kevin's been uh, sending us funny emails for uh for a little while now, we're thankful that he jumped on board. Patreon, as we talked about now, this uh, season uh, three is new for us. It's something there that's uh, if anybody wants to get involved, it helps the show grow. It's uh, a, a way that you guys can contribute, and uh, it's a lot of fun so far. We're uh, you know we're new to it, but it's been a lot of fun with the conversations, the uh, comments. And uh, there's some other perks there for the uh, members that have joined so far. Absolutely. Kevin, thank you so much. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, as we always say each week, thank you to all the Patreon uh, members that we have so far. The family is growing um, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. And uh, we're having fun now with it. And uh, we hope that, that Patreon uh, community continues to grow. So thank you specifically, Kevin Northern, for this week. We appreciate that very much. Yep, and anybody that's interested in Patreon, you can find it at the uh, notes at the end of the episode, wherever you download this episode, or you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com, and there's a uh, Patreon uh, app out there. Just find us, shout it out loudcast. Uh, Anything you can do is greatly appreciated. Tom, let's go to last week's episode. We always start with the poll. What do we got? 
Okay, so our episode last week for the third track off a studio album, uh, we went with top four picks. Probably the most popular ones would call in Dr. Love, Lick It Up, Sure Know Something, and God of Thunder. First time in a long time, or maybe first ever that I can remember, we have a tie with Show Know Something and God of Thunder at 30%. Yeah, Tom, so I just, while you were doing that, I went to the desktop version of Twitter. Oh, yeah, it breaks it down more statistically. Exactly. We do have a winner. Okay. With 30.3, Sure Know Something. Excellent. Beautiful. God of Thunder is at 30, Tom. Okay. And I remember from the March uh, non-makeup madness we had some of those issues because the app doesn't break it down into decimal points, but the desktop version does uh, sneak peek. That'll be coming up in a, f- in another month or so. So get ready Woo! for that. That's going to be fun. And then what were the other two uh, percentages for the last two songs? All right. So we had Colin, Dr. Love at 22 and lick it up at 18. Woo. And lick couple- it up, lick it up. 18% is too high for that. <laughs> All right, a couple comments here from uh, for the poll. Our buddy Bill Sharp, he says, damn it, I forgot to check the poll before it closed, but Colin Dr. Love has my vote. One of the songs I always gravitated towards when I was a kid. Our buddy Bill Elam, I didn't really care for Show No Something when I was younger, but I really fell for it after Unplugged. I'm probably fatigued from God of Thunder, but Dr. Love, I've loved it more consistently all the time. I love it louder. Calling Dr. Love is a top five all-time song for me, so it gets my vote. That being said... Show No Something transcends Kiss fandom, crosses genres, and sounds like no other Kiss song does. Unplugged is my favorite version by a landslide. Subtle but awesome solo. Ooh, it's it's good, but it's not better than the Dynasty version, but that's just my opinion. Uh, our buddy Dave G, I have favorites right across the board from Lick It Up to Show No Something. It's always hard to choose a favorite of just one. Our buddy Steve, God of Thunder, a track that is great live and on the album. The effects on Destroyer are amazing and live. It is a spectacle. That is correct. Our buddy John, also known as Moving On, 2660850. That's his Twitter handle now. I love it. (laughs) I love, he says, I love the walkie talkies and God of Thunder. I never get tired of it. Yeah, those effects are pretty cool. Um, Our buddy Darren, I'll go with Show No Something. Uh, Zandon. Difficult to choose, but show no something probably has way more plays in my lifetime and doesn't bow out to fatigue. Lick it up is like a slow dripping tap or a car stuck in first gear. Yeah, Zandon. Uh, and then he says the other two are classic kiss. Then our buddy Sonny Pooney, not a burner account. The real Sonny Pooney says no bang, bang you or who wants to be lonely. How dare you? Eh, sorry, Sonny. That's what write in votes are for. Um, our buddy Lee Bruton. It was a toss-up between Show No Something or Calling Dr. Love. Show No Something won because I think it's a better studio track. Live, Calling Dr. Love would have taken the vote. Tom and Zeus, keep up the great work. Love the shows. Thank you, Lee. Much appreciated, buddy. And uh, as previously mentioned, our new Patreon subscriber, our buddy Kevin Northern. Tough choice. Aside from that turd, lick it up. But I have to go with Show No Something. Uh Uh-oh, maybe Kevin Northern is a Tom Burner account calling lick it up a turd. Ah. Steve DeWood, Colin Dr. Love. It's the first Gene song I ever heard, and it is a bona fide classic. That is a fact, Steve. Uh, Lovely Lance Lumley. Show No Something is one of my favorite Paul songs, so it gets my pick. The dynamics on the song, the harmonies, the lyrics are wonderful. It's a song that shows the band's influence by the Beatles, a great mix of pop and rock. And then a comment to that was our Grecian, Costa Vucinas. 
If released by one of the pop rock bands at that time, that song becomes a huge hit. Foreigner, April Wine, or Pat Benatar. He's probably right. It's a good point. Um, Elaine, he says, uh, I'm sorry, she says, I am from the Dynasty era, so it is sure no something. Shivo Hellboy says, Colin Dr. Love. John Gross, Dr. Love. Our buddy Deuce gets mad because we didn't have gut love for sale on the poll, but I said, go check out my tweet. Um, Alessandro Rourke, you guys are spot on when discussing show knows something. It's ear candy. I love how Bruce played it on the unplugged album. Then he says, did you guys discuss what the worst third song would be? And of course I had a comment. I said, we didn't get into the specifics of that, but my reaction to Zeus's 10th picture, tell you what I think is the worst. (laughs) Um, and then Kim Andrews, it is a three-way tie for me. Got a fun to lick it up, Colin Dr. Love. Yeah, that's the life of a KISS fan. It's always tough to uh tough to pick your favorites. And then um then some general uh episode related comments. Uh Deuce was happy that uh Zeus gave an honorable mention to Snowblind. Oh, trash. And then he showed a picture of some of the LA KISS cheerleaders and everybody's favorite female guitarist, Nita Strauss. Couple oh, pictures, smoke show. Couple pictures of that smoke show, and she's very oh. talented too. Uh, she was the official in-house guitarist. You a couple pictures of her playing shredding. Oh, so good. I but she, I gotta make the point. She's like, does that all that college and shit with her lips? I agree. Her lips have blown up to fucking yep. tires now yeah, in I the agree. past four years. Stop doing that. It's just so fucking awkward looking now. Yeah. Please go back to how you normally were. You, you're fucking hot. Her like the rest of her is gorgeous. She's but stunning. The lips are yep. just so yep. distracting now. Yep. Uh, and then our buddy Tony jumped in and said, "Guys, thank you for the shout out for the new Restrained album, God of War." Um, and then he put in a little sampler. We love Tony. We love Restrained. And then uh, yep. our, our our buddy Zandon commented and said, uh, "Tony, I cannot tell you how much I love this CD. It is on permanent rotation in my playlist right now." It isn't always easy to grab new music these days, but Restrained is killer. Zandon, we couldn't agree more. Good yeah, job. That's one thing I want to point out, Tom, especially yeah, for, for our friend Tony. He, we're not just saying it. I mean, I'll tell you right now, the fact that Zandon picked it up and tried it out and listened to it. You can listen to it on YouTube. It's not going to cost you a penny. Then when you like it, support him and buy the fucking album. Yep, It's absolutely. that good. We wouldn't say that. If it wasn't, if it was a bad CD, we'd just tell him, yeah, good luck on all future endeavors and uh, keep up the hard work. God bless you, babe. <laughs> Wish you luck in the future. Uh, and then our buddy, Joel Hoffman, awesome and funny as usual, guys. I cannot believe you don't like going blind. Such a haunting and unique song. Even the solo is haunting. Nothing like Gene has done since. In the lyrics, yeah, it's stupid, but it's Kiss. No different from anything else they've done. Put your hand in my pocket. And then our buddy, I got to jump in. Yeah, go ahead. But the difference is it's one thing to be childish and sexy and like sexist and stupid stuff like that. It's another to say 93 and 16. It's absurd that that, that's what gets me about that. song. It's absurd. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, what gets me is the song sucks. So that's (laughs) that's fine. That's just fine. So (laughs) Uh, and then, of course, our, our buddy Murph. Uh, commenting on the story at the beginning about looking for the shack picture of him coming out of the ocean there. Oh, God. Our buddy Graham Richley. Wow, I had no idea song three had such slim pickings. 
Even classic albums like Dress to Kill has the worst song in Ladies in Waiting. Hey, watch your tongue, Graham. Then he picks Dr. Love, Talk to Me, Show No Something, Keep Me, Co- Keep me Coming is horrific. Firehouse, Lick It Up, Burn Bitch Burn, God of Thunder. Uh, then I'll scratch around for Bang Bang You and Hide Your Heart. Shonda Han, hi guys, love these episodes. Here's a list of the top 10 track threes. He has Dr. Love at number one, and he has never enough on there from Sonic Boom. Good for him. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Then we have Dude Love, and he has no particular order. And this is interesting. He has Freak and I Pledge Allegiance, two polarizing songs there. So that was interesting. Lee Johnston, uh, he has Going Blind as number one. Wow. Woo. See, there's something for every Kiss fan out there. What are you going to do? Uh, and then Vincent Roman Maroney. Now I'm really angry. This is Fargan War. Comments. Um, he comments with Steve because they were talking about the track listing on the elder overseas. Because I remember that was an issue about the elder track listing. We have Odyssey for our copy of it. And I think depending on where you were, the track listing was all mangled because of the elder. So they kind of got into uh, a little bit of that. And Deuce, we're going to give you props. You were the only one who somehow guessed the coming soon from last week. So kudos to you. Uh, You get a autographed picture of Tom and Zeus. How about that? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, our buddy Nige. Gotta love Nige. Thank you, Nige. Patreon. Love him. Uh, Show knows something. Number one, got love for sale. Number 10. And then he starts giving me shit about pledge allegiance. Tells me to seek help. I'm not getting help. He has got love for sale. Number 10. But anyways, uh, so that's some great Twitter feedback on the episode. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of fun stuff on Twitter. Guys, over jumping over to Facebook. Facebook! Oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> it's still funny. Yeah. Um, over on Facebook, we have a few comments here as well. Uh, first, we're going to start off with Scott Wheeler. Great episode. This really brought back memories. It has been so long since I've listened to albums or CDs. I always listen to mixes in playlists now. And this reminded me of the song track order from where I wore out Kiss records, tapes, and CDs. I have to say, this episode does continue Tom's losing streak of screwed up lists. Ah, yeah. How does Lick It Up not make the list? Zeus wins again. Yeah. Lick It Up is not good. That's all. So Lick It Up is fucking awesome. Go ahead. Anyway, Matt Weller's dick. I couldn't comment on last week's episode as I was in Facebook jail. Uh Uh-oh. This is my real name, by the way. Who Wants to Be Lonely is an awesome third song. Well, I'm glad you got out of jail. That's nice. Uh, Jason Allen just finished the episode and sure knows something would would have been my number one. I'm not sure... What I would have taken out, but keep me coming would have been on my list. Drums and Paul's vocals are great. Don't get the hate for it. It was the 80s. It was great. To each their own. Shout it out loud, guys, is the podcast uh, that I most look forward to each week, along with TIJ. Ooh, talk is Jericho. All right. Yeah. That I most look forward to each week. How cool is that? Thank you, buddy. Um, 
Yeah, and now we're starting to get a bunch of shit on YouTube. YouTube. Uh, yep. People, please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, it's it's uh, pretty cool. We're getting a lot of feedback now on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We also just released, if you listen to this episode early in the week, we released Tesla's Mechanical Resonance as our bonus episode in our newly dubbed album review crew. And when we did it, we also Ed designed a nice new logo, Ed at Click T Shop. So we get all your shout out loudcast merchandise, clicktshop.com. Uh, put a new logo up. I'd love if you guys could go take a look at it. We'll probably post it on social media as well. Take a look at it and let us know what you think. Anyways, first, Anthony Stratatis. No, yeah, Stratus. Hey guys, another five star episode as usual. But I do take umbrage, lighthearted, to Zeus's comments calling our beloved Ace Fraley lazy oh. with his classic kiss tune, Talk to Me, from the, Unmas- uh, from the Unmasked album. I'd label it as simple, not lazy, as Zeus did. I was eight years old when that album came out in Melbourne, Australia. And believe you, me, Ace went over a lot of us kiss Aussie hearts from then on until this day. Just saying, I would have had his number one in your top 10 list. Just saying. Well, just saying, that's fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for lazy. the, thank you for the sorry, kind words, though. Yeah, it is lazy. I mean, all I want is a little conversation. It's not a bad song. What I am saying is, as he grew in his KISS career, he started getting lazy. Listen to the lyrics on Dynasty. I think those are well-written songs. Hard Times is a great written song. Absolutely. Save Your Love is a pretty good written song. Yep. Rocket Ride, mm-hmm. decent. Shock Me, decent. Parasite. You know, all those other early Ace songs. Even his, his solo album. Yeah, I mean, Cold Gin is a little funny, but it's still decent. Solo album. Then go into that Unmasked era, those three songs, and then go into his solo albums now. They're fucking lazy lyrics. He just, you know, I feel like he just kind of gave up on focusing on writing lyrics. That's all. And then he also comments, you guys are the George and Jerry from Seinfeld of Kiss Podcast. Love you guys. You need an Elaine as a special guest, and that would top it off. Yeah, that's Murph. (laughs) Murph is Elaine. (laughs) Wow, thank you, I guess. I don't know who's George and who's Jerry. Jerry! Hello, Jerry. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Anthony. All kidding aside, much appreciated. I have family in Melbourne of fellow Grecians. I had uh, my dad's first cousins and their whole family. I had tons of Greeks over there in Melbourne. And uh, someday I'd like to go and visit. Nice. Mark Stewart. Regarding my comments on Paul Stanley's rose tattoo being most iconic, I was making a reference to the fact that it's immediately visualized on the Hotter Than Hell album and was also included in the Alive 2 album as part of the gifts inside of that album. As far as Bon Jovi's Superman tattoo, no one knew it existed till the late 80s and 90s. 
and a Superman tattoo? Seriously? There's been speculation that Superman had a huge gay following. Google it. What? <laughs> I don't know if you have a problem with Bon Jovi or Superman. Wow. And, and who cares if he has a gay following? Oh, but, boy. Yeah, I can tell you right now, there are 10,554 million women that cared about Bon Jovi's Superman tattoo over Paul Stanley's rose. No offense. Marty White. No. Tom, I included speeding back to my baby in my ridiculous list only because of the lazy rhyming lyrics. Speeding back to my baby. I don't mean maybe. I still need gravy. Don't call me Davy. My hair is wavy. <laughs> and I just went to defend the solo album against Talk to Me. And there we go. He pulls well, that there's out. There's more. I know. The best version of Hannity and Combs. Is from a cutaway in Family Guy. Kennedy is yelling about how Combs is about wrong about everything. Then the scene focuses on Combs, but instead of Combs, it's really Droopy Dog, who says something like, You're right again, Sean. Oh, God. Rest in peace, Alan Combs. Yeah. Oh, he looks like the Crypt Keeper, too. Yeah. Poor Alan. And Craig Broderick. Driftwood? What a pisser. I was lying on a lilo on a pool, laughed so hard, and fell in the pool. Oh, excellent. Not falling in the pool. We don't want anybody to drown, but I'm glad you enjoyed the laughter. So that's awesome. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Don't pull an ace fraley. You need Gene to jump in after you. No, don't do that. No. no. Yeah. Remember the time that happened to Peter and you had to jump in? Wrong. It was you that fell in. I had to save you. We were able to continue that night and play a concert for you, the fans. <laughs> All right. So I got a couple emails here. Uh, let's see. We got one from Alan, who I believe is uh, what's his uh, Twitter handle, Zeus? Fat man on guitar. I think it might be. Uh, he says, hey, a Jagovs. All right, settle down, fat man on guitar with the Jagovs. Yeah, that's not always a, the the proper terminology to start off with people. Um, Jagovs. Hmm. That'll 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 usually you know get someone's attention, right? Oh, great! Now we're gonna get a million emails addressed to Jagovs. That's all right. We love you, Alan. It's okay. We're kidding with you. Um, I figured I'd do this before I get into your list on the show. My own list of top 10 threes from Kiss releases. Number 10, Ladies in Waiting. Uh, number nine, Talk to Me. Number eight, Ain't Quite Right. Listen to this again today. It hit me. This is the beginning of Paul's power ballads. Okay. Uh, number seven, Going Blind. Oh, God. Number six, I'm a legend tonight. No, no, no. Compilations <laughs> don't count. And why is he saying that's the third song? On what fucking album? I don't even know. Number five, Lick It Up. Number four, Firehouse. Three, Colin. I'm sorry, three, God of Thunder. Two, Colin, Dr. Love. One, Sure Know Something. Excellent list. Honorable mention, See You Tonight. He says, I love the harmonies and melody in that one. Oh, here we go. Ladies Room. I included the live albums. No, no, no. Master and Slave. Carnival of Souls is underrated. Yes, it is. And Freak. That's terrible. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but Steve Vai released a compilation of the seventh songs from his album. 
he puts a lot of emphasis on that slot and he thought it would be a cool idea. It's pretty cool. And yes, this is the rare week I get off my ass and give you feedback before you record the next show. Still digging the show, Alan. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the email. Great list. Thank you, buddy. And then we got a really great email from friend of the show and Patreon subscriber, Nige Savage. And I, I want to read this because this is this is a really great email. And we love it when people take the time to put their thoughts down in an email. We know everybody's lives are busy and they have a lot going on. So I want to preface the email with that. Starts off a big thank you. Tom and Zeus, Nige Savage here, regular contributor on Twitter and recent Patreon supporter. Thought it was about time I wrote a longer message than Twitter allows. Weirdly, I wrote a review for you on Apple Podcasts a few weeks ago, but it still hasn't appeared. Maybe because I titled the review Piss Cups Forever and (laughs) Apple doesn't appreciate your subtle sense of humor. Anyway, want to let you know that in a year of total crap, Shout It Out Loud has been a massive highlight. I live in the UK, but after the start of the lockdown back in March, I found myself stuck alone in New York. I was there for two months, during which time I caught COVID, self-isolated, took a long time to recover, and generally felt sorry for myself. Nige, I'm so sorry to hear that, buddy. I'm glad you're back on your feet and up and about and living life. However, it was back then that I randomly stumbled across Shout It Out Loudcast and thought, what the hell, let's give this a listen. Well, I laughed out loud for the first time in fuck knows how long and immediately set about devouring every back episode as well as eagerly awaiting each new episode, and I still do. Now time for a confession. I like Kiss. They're a great band. They've got plenty of killer songs, and they're heaps of fun, but here's the confession. I don't love Kiss. Ever since the 80s, my tastes have generally leaned towards the heavier, thrashier end of the metal spectrum. So why the fuck do I listen to a Kiss-focused podcast? The reason is simple. You guys. Like you, I'm a total music geek, and I can talk about music with everyone and anyone for hours on end. I love dissecting and analyzing albums, songs, set lists, and so on. And like you, I'm not afraid to call out my favorite bands when they do something crappy. Anyway, this may sound lame, but Shout It Out Loudcast has been like finding my musical brother from another mother. The way you make us listen to think about albums, songs, in a new and different way is awesome. Being a Brit, I don't get every single one of your references. I've never even heard of the Bruins. <laughs> but, but regardless, your chemistry, humor, and enthusiasm is totally infectious. It makes me so happy that Shout Out Loudcast is going from strength to strength. Being able to get Charlie Bonante, Bruce Kulik, Chris Jericho, and others on as guests proves that. Because it shows that even as the even in these fucked up times and in times where everyone and their dog seems to have a podcast, the best ones still rise to the top. You guys fucking deserve it. In normal, non-COVID times, I spend a lot of time on the U.S. East Coast. I hope at some point I'll have the opportunity to buy you guys a beer. In the meantime... Just keep doing what you're doing, and thank you for keeping me sane, you fucking rock. Cheers, Nige. P.S. Tom, I pledge allegiance. Just no. And where it is, comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. Uh, not only comment of the week, God, I don't remember the last time we got a better email than that. I mean, yeah. the last, I mean, that's pretty incredible. It's humbling. Uh, it's, it's somewhat somber because of, of what the poor guy has gone through, but it's nice to hear that somebody gets our sense of humor and can find this stuff, something 
a bright shining light in maybe sometimes a uh, difficult time for somebody. And it could be this podcast. It could be a sporting event. could be a CD someone picks up. If that works for you, buddies, take it. And if not, and you're still feeling down, go see therapists. Go get some help. Talk to somebody. Uh, I truly believe there there is uh, hope for everybody. So sorry to go on a serious note, but I always, you know, I want to worry about, I worry about, you know, I worry about our listeners and uh, make sure that everyone's mental health is okay. Uh, Nige, thank you. That was incredible. Thank you. Nige, thank you so much, buddy. And uh, we're sorry that you've had such a difficult time. We're glad that you're back on your feet. And, um, you know, we would love nothing more than to uh, hang out with a, a listener like yourself. If uh, when things slowly but surely get back to normal here in the States, uh, that would be fantastic. So again, thank you, Nige. And we're just going to move on with one more thing. We got another, we got a Twitter DM from another big fan of the show, Mr. Billy Thomas. And he just says, I need to tell you too. You are the best. You guys could have your own stand-up comedy team. Your Boston humor is the best. So proud that your podcast is growing. Awesome guests. Someday you guys will have Gene on, no doubt. Well, Billy, thank you for the kind words. And hopefully we will have Gene on at some point. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate that. We appreciate anybody that takes the time to, to give us feedback. And, you know, we read it on the air. So we want to let you guys know that you send us an email, a, a Facebook message, or anything. we're going to read them because we want to share all the feedback with everybody. So thank you. Yes, I appreciate all the kind words. I appreciate all the um, uh, five-star reviews online, the Patreon membership, the kind comments and DMs, and the, just the general interaction. It's been fantastic. But it's like Paul Stanley says, just getting started. Oh, God. Oh, boy. So... What's going on in Kiss World? All right. So it's kind of quiet here uh, in Kiss World. So last week we forgot to bring it up because we were so excited about this that we actually forgot it last week. Uh, and that is everybody talking about the release or the pre-order of uh, Paul Stanley's Soul Station album. Um, you know, by the time you hear this, it's old news, but we wanted to bring it up. We didn't want to make it sound like we were like, you know, purposely ignoring it. We literally forgot about it last week during news. So that's. That's 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 some big news for the people that are interested in that. We've told you many, many times how we feel about it. That doesn't mean that our feelings are right and your feelings are wrong. It's just what we think about it. Um, so it's out there. Uh, I'm sure people are interested in that. He's got to fucking stop wearing that stupid, curious George man with the yellow hat fucking hat that he wears. It is so ridiculous. So now when you when you want to become Paul Stanley R&B soul crooner you put on that stupid hat you don't like you don't like like the urban sombrero no i don't like the urban sombrero it looks redonkulous beyond redonkulous and in addition to that uh, i like the song uh i'm not sure about the soul station version but you know all the clips they've been showing a lot of clips and stuff of the production everything so far, I see a lot of background singers and a lot of production and a lot of the instruments. I don't see or hear too much of you singing. <laughs> it's true. So, I know. I know. You know, 
even I could put that out if I have all those guys singing with me and hide my voice in the background. It just and we, and we and we commented a little bit before we started recording about the irony, you know, and again, it's it's 40 plus years onward, but you know, the irony of him destroying Peter's solo album back in 78 for doing music like this R&B. And again, I know people grow and change and mature and stuff, but it is funny that you know, he's pounding his chest about his Soul Station album when for 45 years he has been destroying Peter's solo album. So that's I think the that's, question I would ask him if I, yeah. you know, if he was available to us, I mean, obviously he'd want to talk about soul station right now. Yep. He doesn't like talking about kiss. Nope. I would, I would, you know, in a, in a nice manner, ask him, did you change? Did you evolve? Did your opinion change of what Peter decided to do? Because aren't you doing that? You're a member of kiss. Yep. And you're doing a soul station album. Okay. Well, Peter did that back then. Exactly. And what? You decide to fucking destroy him. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, the, the, it's just the hypocrisy of it all. But anyway, we also had a, another vinyl album, Tom, that you like to talk about. But go ahead. This is a big one. This is a big one. The price is a little bit ridiculous, but Kiss Collectors have no uh, no limit. So Killers, one of everybody's Favorite compilations because of the original tracks and because of that kick-ass album cover. Killers is being released on a double vinyl heavyweight pink vinyl that is going to have a gatefold cover. It's going to come with an, a fold-out art print and a bonus sticker. Uh, and the other thing that's kind of cool with this, too, is that it's also coming in a bundled edition that is going to come with a 7-inch single of down on your knees. And it, that's also going to come in a little cardboard sleeve um, with kind of the same artwork. So if you're a kiss vinyl collector, this thing is fucking awesome. And yes, I pre-ordered it because I don't give a shit. It's awesome. I have the, I have an old version of, of killer regular killers, but this one is just absolutely beautiful. little pricey, but what are you going to do? It was released in Germany there's a website in Germany that's selling it and sound of vinyl. The UK is selling it. And uh, right now, as of this recording, I believe it is sold out on both websites, but who knows? It says it's limited to 4,000 copies. The last I checked, it was sold out on both sites. Who knows if uh, anything has changed by the time you listen to this, but uh, if you're listening to this show, you know about the killers reissue on vinyl, pretty kick-ass uh, collector's item. So other than that, Zeus really nothing with, you know, nothing with ACE. Nothing with Tommy jeans on Twitter fighting with people. Yeah. I want to take a step back though, Tom. Okay. And talk about killers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Please do. So does it have, I'm curious. Does it have, is it the extended version? Like the Japanese version that I have or the, yes. where, where yep. escape from the islands on there and, and see, Shandy. Yeah. Yep. So I, I thought I was the coolest kid on the block when I got that. For a CD, but yep. apparently yep. there are others. Yep. So this one says, it says, as with the exclusive Japanese edition, the album's track list features two additional bonus tracks compared to the original, uh, which is Escape from the Island and Shandy. So, yes, you're getting those. So now you're definitely going to buy it because it has Shandy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this is this is why I'm so happy I never got into vinyls because I'd be com- I'd be broke buying all this stupid shit that I already have. I mean, you're broke buying all your CDs. 
now I have them all. I don't need to buy them again. That's true. So, That's true. And the, the thing is, uh, I always think back of what Sonny used to say. Why? There's a different music on it. We're going to get into the whole psychology of a collector. <laughs> I can't, I can't explain that. You either, you, you're either a collector or you're not. It's just really no way to put I know, it. So I know, but, I know, but yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, uh, Gene's fighting with people on Twitter and uh, Eric and Tommy are uh, got put back in their bunker. So <laughs> nobody's saying anything. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the episode then. Awesome. I'm excited about this one. Okay. So, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. From time to time, we like to put out episodes with events. Something... um, uh, TV style Whether we did The Mike Douglas show We've done the Land of Hype and Glory And now We're going to do MTV Kiss Unmasking So Want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah So um, this was a obviously a, a, a big deal for uh, for Kiss fans, when this when this happened uh, back in September of 1983, um, it was aired on MTV, exclusively hosted by JJ uh, Jackson, one of the uh, OG um, VJs for MTV. Rest in peace. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2004. 
J.J. Jackson was a rock guy. Uh, he actually started in Boston in the 60s on the old WBCN. Um, and he was really into rock music and Kiss. So that's why they kind of penned him to do this unveiling. Um, Which is funny, though, Tom, because it was actually, to be precise, September 18th, 1983. Yes. A very popular date for Kiss. On that date, mm-hmm. four solo albums were released. Mm-hmm. On that date, Crazy Nights was released as well. That's right. Good one. Good one. So sorry to yeah. interrupt. Go right ahead. No, no, no. So so it's it's interesting. We're gonna let you guys hear it. Um, so the unmasking video clip, it's on Kissology 2. Uh, it's about seven minutes long. There are reports that the extended portion of it is out there somewhere. We couldn't find it on YouTube and it's not on Kissology, but apparently there's an extended portion of it. We're going to let you guys hear it and then we'll talk about it. But a couple things before we do let you guys hear it. It's interesting because September 18th of 1983 was a Sunday night. Okay. It aired at 11 PM. Nothing's happening at 11 PM on a Sunday night. And you got to remember in 1983, Kiss was kind of a non-factor. They were kind of floundering. MTV at that time, they were pumping in all the new wave videos, those up and coming bands, uh, some rock music, but Kiss was really, you know, I mean, they had the video for I Love It Loud. There wasn't a lot going on with the band. Leading up to it, MTV was was pushing an edited version of a rerun of a Van Halen concert. And when they were pushing that during the advertisement, they were talking about this upcoming MTV unmasking thing, that it was going to be on right after that. But there was no other advertisement for this thing at all. It wasn't pushed or or at all. And like I said, Sunday night at 11 o'clock, which is on a school week because it's September, it isn't the best spot for something like this. And Kiss didn't really do a lot of special programming. So we're going to we're going to play the audio of it here. And then we're going to kind of talk about it from our perspective, our opinions and what actually happened during this unmasking. If you guys haven't seen it, it is up on YouTube. I urge you to watch it. Uh, because we're going to play the audio of it, and then we're going to kind of give you some feedback on what we saw. Let's hear it. This is a really big moment. After 10 years together, exclusively here on MTV this evening, we're going to see Kiss without their makeup for the very first time. Vinnie Vincent, lead guitarist and co-writer of many of the songs on the current Kiss album. Eric Carr, drummer, has been with the band since 1979. And Kiss is, by the way, the very first band that Eric has ever been with. Paul Stanley, rhythm guitarist and lead vocalist. Paul is a co-founder of the group. Gene Simmons, bass, also co-founder of Kiss. He is the fire-breathing, blood-spitting monster of Kiss. Welcome, you guys. This is amazing. Hi, no, it's so funny because uh, just seeing you for the very first time after all this time, you know, we're honored and we're really glad to have this exclusive. You know, for all of you guys, actually, this question it would be interesting to get your response because I'm sure everyone in America wants to know, and especially anybody who's been a Kiss fan, and there have many of those over all these years. Very first time out. How does it feel now without makeup appearing for the very first time? It feels good. It feels uh, we've always been close to our fans. In fact, in a lot of the shows, we'd walk out into the crowd to sort of get a feel of what everybody was feeling like. And uh, most often they really wouldn't know it was us. So we've always felt closer. And I think it's time for them to sort of know us a little bit more. It feels very, very comfortable. 
I, ho- I mean, I hope it seems that way. I feel fine about it. <laughs> no, <I'm fine. laughs> well, actually, it feels great. I mean, it, to me, it doesn't feel all that different because I've seen these guys more often without makeup than I have with makeup. So Maybe before a concert, you're playing a major arena. Did you often, prior to putting on makeup, just go out into the audience? And- I bought a ticket at the front door of Madison Square Garden when we came in to play Four Nights, walked through the front gate, through the crowd, backstage, Went to the dressing room, put on makeup, and came up on stage. And while he, but I knew stage, while he was on stage, they were all while he, was, right. <laughs> while he was doing his solo, I went in the audience and threw things at him. <laughs> no, I, no, but that's interesting. You must get a really a good feel for what the audience is like when you. Great. Yeah, it is great. But that's over now. It's the best. No, right, because not. now they know what you look like, and we're glad, and it's going to be something. The amazing thing is that they do recognize us um, without the makeup anyway really? on the street. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, the red jacket off throws them off. It happens often enough. We get into, uh, I don't know, Madison, Wisconsin or something, and uh, people invariably come up and say, aren't you Gene Simmons? Could be the 10-foot sign that says, hi, I'm Gene Simmons. <laughs> it's, and we've made a lot of friends over the years. When was it being formed? Ten years ago. On uh, 23rd Street, in fact. Really? Uh-huh. We were just uh, four guys, of course. Four guys with makeup. <laughs> walking down Having the street coffee. with high heels. Actually, it was a 24-hour sort of lifestyle. We were walking around with high heels all the time. People were trying to figure out who the hell we were, and of course, we were nobody. Putting out the low smile, you know. those high heel boys. That's right. Tell me, did you start actually in your first gig? Did you just, right from the beginning, use always, makeup? Yeah, we always looked like that. When we were playing small clubs for about 80 people, 100 people, mm-hmm. the only thing that got us through it was thinking we were playing the garden, because otherwise... I mean, it's kind of hard to play for 80 people when there's 100 people outside that are trying to get in and kill you. We had great dedicated fans, though, right from the beginning. We had uh, girls who made our T-shirts, and, of course, we'd hand them out to our friends in the front rows. And girls they put took off their T-shirts. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that kind of a show, yeah. folks. Did you ever play without makeup at any time? Only, only back in the hotel. No, never on stage. So after all this time, now why did you decide after all this time? Because I think a lot of people thought you may have done that a few years back, and then you didn't. So you held on. Why now are you deciding to? Uh, I think it's just it's time. Just, uh, it felt right. You know, something. Mm-hmm. Let me see. It, <laughs> it felt it felt right. I mean, we, we thought about it for a while, but it, I mean, we could give you all kinds of great answers. You know, that we went and saw a Swami. We did that too. But um, yeah, it just and felt like the right time to do it. And I mean, the band feels so strong. And it just felt like, do it. The album's great. There's a tour coming up. and There's really no other reason. This is our 18th record. You know, 10 years on, we feel great. And it's just time. Now, one of the things, like I said earlier, is that Kiss was always known. In fact, you, I would have to say, certainly, if not the, the main, I'd say, uh, people who pushed out theatrics as far as rock and roll is concerned, certainly among the, the, the very first. And your shows were always rather bombastic and incredibly visual, and the makeup lent itself to that. Now what will happen, uh, as far as the makeup coming off, will the stage show be just as visual as it was? Nothing will the presentation changes. change? Nothing really changes, because we only know one way to perform. You know, the makeup never had anything to do with the bombs or the doing splits or whatever we were doing on stage comes from us. I mean, taking the makeup off doesn't change how we feel. I mean, we're the same people. We've always contended from the beginning that the makeup was just a sort of a stage manifestation of who we are. Somehow people, and you'll see our first video without makeup very soon, but somehow people, as soon as they watch it, sort of realize who's who. And we've always contended that the makeup was just an extension of our personalities. We really are who we seem and the makeup is uh i don't know i'll wear this jacket one day and something else another day it really wasn't more 
more than just what we look like on stage. Kiss is still Kiss. Same sort of energy and drive and commitment to doing everything short of killing ourselves to give people the best show in the world. One of the things I've always found a little odd, and I wondered how you felt about it, was a lot of uh, the so-called highbrow rock and roll critics have always, in a way, not really put you down, but kind of dismiss Chris uh, Kiss as being a novelty act. However, nowadays, we're seeing so many different acts come up with makeup, and it's, I mean, it's not really fair in a way, because you guys really started that, and yet... Do you that's think okay, some of those guys aren't around anymore. Yeah, right, that's true. But do you think now that the makeup is off, and of course, even in a few years back, a lot of critics thought that I Want to Rock and Roll All Night was one of the great rock and roll songs. Do you think that now they'll start taking you seriously? And if so, does that mean anything to we you? Never, we never did anything to get any kind of approval from critics. I mean, if you get that, that's great. But if you look at the top ten for each critic each year, I usually don't know any of the albums that are on the top ten. It's kind of like, who's hipper than who? Who knows more obscure bands? Um, I don't know. Some people have always read into what we do and thought that we did it for, I don't know, to cover up something that wasn't there. But we're in good company. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is that at the end of the show, people see the best show they've ever seen. And that's really the only important thing. Because critics are sometimes with you. They get free passes. We don't mind them as long as they print our picture. <laughs> it's the fans we care about. So that was the four members of Kiss and J.J. Jackson, the VJ mm-hmm. of MTV at the time. And it's uh, interesting, apparently from certain people, like I think it was Alan Hunter from another fellow VJ who says in Truly Unmasked, Greg Prado's book, Take It Off. Awesome book. Buy it. Go listen to our episode on it. We reference this plenty of times. It's such a great book. Absolutely. Um, made a point to say that AJ was, you know, really excited and he was good friends with Paul, which I wasn't even aware of that. And it was pretty major. Another example of how MTV was a platform for any kind of announcement that a band wanted to make. Kiss decided to unveil and they chose MTV, you know, and then he goes on to talk about like, where else are they going to go? Good Morning America, uh, you know, uh, the Today Show. I don't know. Maybe they did have other options, but you're right. The the hype about it, I'm not sure, was too high. Then again, Kiss didn't really have the leverage to pull it out, but there was still a, fa- a pop culture kind of fascination about, hey, do you remember Kiss? We're going to see what they look like. And they talked about having... JJ getting very excited because he pulled this off and bringing every, and then everybody from the offices of MTV came down because this is what happened when big things, events happen. The secretaries and from the offices were all there and they wanted to see Kiss unveiled. And I'll tell you, watching it over the years, seeing it over the years, I want to make a comment that looking at JJ. Right now, he handled that pretty smooth. He was very cool about it. Not like the idiots of today. Can you imagine like a Jimmy Fallon or somebody came on his show to do that stuff or anybody else? He played it like straight, but he played it like he was interested. He wasn't saying, oh, you guys are a fucking bunch of has-been, so I really need to. Have you ever seen some of the MTV interviews of some of the metal bands that we liked? And somebody on MTV asking them questions and stuff. 
it's always like embarrassing and like like they don't even want to talk to these people. But JJ gave them respect, and I really admire it. Watching that back now, that I thought he did a pretty professional job. I don't remember it. I was too young. I remember hearing something over time that Kiss took their makeup off, but I didn't see it. And I was watching MTV back then. I didn't see it. I didn't hear about it. And then I remember Lick It Up, the song kind of coming out a little bit, but I wasn't back into Kiss at that time yet. So Kiss was kind of out of my music taste at in 83. How about you? Yeah, I don't I don't remember it. And it's funny because Kiss was kind of out of my out of my mind a little bit. Obviously, I was always foam. I, I knew that Lick It Up was out or was coming out, but in nineteen eighty three I wasn't really focusing on Kiss. Plus eleven o'clock at night on a Sunday. I you know, I'm ten years old, I'm in bed. I wasn't gonna, you know, I don't even think VCRs, all that kind of shit wasn't out. No one in this this kind of was you know, I think it's I think it's revisionist history for some people to say that ah, it's not a big deal. This was a big deal. And the reason why it was a big deal for a couple of reasons. There was no internet back then. You were not gonna find out about this unless you watch this. This was one of those rare things that kids today don't understand what like must see TV events, live TV events were. It was a big deal. Now it was probably a bigger deal for people like me and you or older kiss fans out there. Cause there's a lot of people who like kiss is still around. Like wh- who cares about them taking their makeup off? Um, so no, I don't remember it, but you guys did hear the audio and you're right. JJ was the resident rock guy. And obviously you mentioned that he was friends with Paul. So they, that's why they had him do it. It's interesting. We'll, we'll, we will, we're we're going to get into the visual aspects of it, but you know, we'll talk about a little bit of the audio because you guys just heard it. I think JJ did the best that he could, but I think there was a couple of moments during that the speaking where I was waiting for him to be like 617-422. Like there was like some dead space where, <laughs> and I think that might have been the fact that Paul and Gene were just like, I think, you know, you read you read about it. They they were nervous, they were scared. Unfortunately, you heard nothing from Eric. If you watch the video, you can see him making a couple jokes to Paul. You heard one little thing from Vinny. Most of it was Paul and Gene, as expected, because Vinny and, and Eric were the new guys. Could it have been longer? Not really. What is there more to say? You know, Paul's like, yeah, oh, it, it, now is the right time to do it. You know, now is the right time to do it. And JJ was great. Yeah, you were going to, you know, a couple years ago, but now you're doing it now. And why are you doing it? So, yeah. I think audio wise, it's, it's different than actually seeing it. And we will, we will definitely cover the visual aspects of it too. Yeah. So first thing I I, want to say, yeah, after seeing it and hearing it, they get to the part, you know, the most important part is they bring up kiss and then I know it's simple, but they could have really fucked it up by just going to the band. This is kiss and just showing their faces. But JJ built it up, and then you like, and this is they start. Uh, they did it from newest member to oldest, Vinnie Vincent, and then all of a sudden you see the Ankh Warrior makeup flashes, Vinnie Vincent, and you're like, oh my goodness, what the fuck is that, dude? It reminded me of the scene in Animal House when Flounder shows up on the big screen, and Belushi's like, oh. <laughs> I did that, Tom, when he when I was watching the video. I go, ha, my goodness. <laughs> Poor Vinny. And it, 
you know, back then I'd probably be like, oh wow, that's the ace guy, huh? I wouldn't know. Right. right. I'd be like, oh, yep. I didn't think anything of it. But yep. yeah, then they go to Vinny. Then they're like, and they described him as the guy, you know, wrote mo- a lot of the songs on the new album. Mm-hmm. Then they're like Eric Carr, who's been with the band since 79. Uh, and Kiss is his first actual band. Wrong. <laughs> also wrong. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, what? When yeah. did he join Kiss? Yeah. 79. Yeah, I know. That, yeah, that was weird. Um, and then they went on to describe makeup, Paul Stanley, co-founder. And then like Gene, the fire breathing blah, 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 description about him. Yep. I'm like, oh, Paul, don't like that. Gene's the last guy too. Let's be blunt. Gene's the guy that everyone's probably like, what does that guy look like? Yeah. He's a fucking fire breathing demon, not the guy that has white paint and one star. Right. Not too hard to imagine what Paul would look like. Dude, you know? But, so let's let's briefly talk about the actual unveiling. So we, we talked about Vinny. Eric had like his little pose with God rest his soul's big poofy hair. Yep. You know, then they go to Paul. And when they go to his real face, I'm like, dude, what are your eyebrows doing? <laughs> like you look, you look, it looks like uncle Leo. Like what, what, what are you so angry for? Like what do you, like his face is all like, I don't, it's like crooked man again. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like, I don't know, like a little boy, like they go to him. He looks like dumpy. Like, Oh like, yeah. And, and, and then the best, I'm sorry. Can you imagine a 1983? You waiting to see what fucking Gene Simmons looks like. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it looks like you're fucking Nana from the North End. <laughs> what is that? What are you? I will be honest with you, Tom. I made a comment about this to myself, too. The four of them dressed like that where they were at the table afterwards. They have a place card in front of them. They're all dressed. That is about as normal looking outfits as you'll see Kiss in in the 80s. Well, it's and, funny that you, I'll let you finish that thought. No, go ahead. Cause I have something to add to that. No, that was about as normal looking. Paul had some fucking, I don't know, like cut off sleeves or whatever. Gene had like leather and his chest hair popping out. Yep. Vinny had like the red jacket stuff and th- the scarf. And well, it was like, it, it, it was like the setup from the lick it up album cover. Cause remember yeah. Vinny had the red jacket. On. Yeah. Yeah. They looked like they were wearing like ripped up sweats. They look like, we're here to bump you up, fucking like sweatshirts and cut up. And they look like about as normal. How can I say this? It's not like they look, oh, well, that's a great look. It's right. just not a bad look right. compared to how bad it will get in the 80s. Right. So I thought they were fine. But that's a good that's a good segue if you can give give because there's an article on Yahoo.com that we found, which was very interesting that this had it. Uh, because the, here's another quick point. There's not a lot of background information on this event, which kind of which kind of makes brings it to the point that not a lot of people thought it was a big friggin' deal. And we'll get into that because we have some comments from Greg Prado's great book. But th- this Yahoo article kind of breaks down some of the stuff. It says says it starts off with the Ankh warrior Vinnie Vincent glazed eyes in a red blazer that seems pulled from Loverboy's closet. Pretty faced former. Eric Carr rocking some earth tone hungry like the wolf safari wear Stanley, the one time star child in lavender leather trousers and a popped collar teal vest that could have come from the summer of 83 members only capsule collection. <laughs> and finally, 
a Trump less really getting into details here. Oh yeah, and finally, a less demonic demon sporting poodle hair and an uncomfortable stare. <laughs> what is an uncomfortable stare? Well, I don't think he had an uncomfortable stare. I think, look, I think the whole thing was uncomfortable for everybody. It was first of all, 1983 is an awkward s- s- stage of of uh, outfits to begin with, and. You know, I, I think it was just awkward. And you said earlier, I give JJ credit for it, but there was a lot of kind of awkward. They weren't very talkative. Like, you know, again, God rest his soul, Eric. Like, I don't know if he was like told like not to speak or, but like he didn't, he didn't chime in at all. Vinny, I give him credit. He he made a comment and then it, I don't know if like Gene whipped him under the table and told him to shut up because you never heard from him again. The setup is interesting too. It was a small table. There was MTV. The set was, it was, you could hear a pin drop. There was nothing going on. There was no music. There was no lights or any, anything bombastic to take up any of the space. They had little name holders in front of the microphones. So, you know, it looked like a political speech in front of each of their things. JJ, he, he, you know, he was known in the music business and he was definitely the best person to do it because he, like we said earlier, he, they, I think they were going to be premiering the lick it up video either before or after this, they did this event after, after, yeah, after, did. after it. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a couple more background things from some MTV people. Um, Zeus, I'll, I'll let you jump in here. So I'm not hogging the mic here, but we do have a little bit of information and then we're going to start to give our opinions on what we think of the whole thing. We have, we've done that a little bit already, but. Yeah, you know, the the band wasn't alone in this. Fucking JJ had his tight jeans and jeans pulled up to his nipples like an yeah. old man with the Sonny Pooney head of hair helmet that he was had on his head. And he had some nice cowboy boots on, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. hickory nuts were rocking there like the yeah. launched over, I think. His jeans so tight it was wiping his pancreas. <laughs> and his hickory nuts were popping out of him. One side, and then later on, there's a there's a photo of like the band from that event, and Paul's got like those lavender leather pants on. Yep. He fucking stuck four socks in his pants because literally you can see like the definition of like a ball on one line of his fucking crease in his pants and a ball on the other side. <laughs> yeah, it was too much definition. His hickory nuts were fucking big time in effect. So yeah. Yeah, th- that's the appearance, you know, it, that's about as good as Vinny's going to look in the eighties. I thought he was fine for 19. 19- I mean, for 1983, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, that's about as good as Vinny's yeah. going to look in the eighties. I think, I think and this is no surprise. Cause we saw this a lot during the eighties. I thought Gene looked silly and that must have been very very disappointing for a lot of people that were looking to see what he looked like and again it was 1983 he looked fine his hair was better than what it would look like in about a year when he had the wig on and when he had for animal eyes and stuff i thought his hair looked fine and he had a leather outfit on his fucking wicked like chest hair was out popping i thought he looked fine yeah that's what he looks like he ain't gonna look better than that and let's get into the conversation so obviously they're gonna say, you know, what was the reason? And it felt like the right time was said over and over and over. I like the one part where Vinny does say something. They were talking about like Vinny. He was asked about answer, like uh, you guys get recognized, and he stuck his hand out like a, like a child in the third grade. He stuck his hand, his finger up to to, to talk. Yep. Because yeah, I think he remembered what happened with uh, Ace and Peter. 
on the on the oh, Schneider. Schneider. Yeah. Yep. He's like, I'm fucking putting my hand up. May I speak? Yep. And uh, he was like, well, we get recognized now when we're out. Dude, you weren't getting recognized for shit. Let's not be blunt. If Kiss was in town and Kiss was staying at a hotel, maybe they would recognize you. Okay. But nobody knew who the fuck you were. And, uh, and then Paul brought up his red jacket. They just, they, the conversation just kept going back as, you know, they, what was the makeup? What's the difference taking off? Are you the same band? And JJ brings up talking about highbrow critics, but he did say rock and roll. All, uh, rock and roll all night was still considered a classic song, but he was asking like, you know, what do you foresee? Because, you know, you, they're thinking about your more image and what kind of, how are you going to be able to perform? And then they talked about like, look, the makeup was one part of the act that they'll still be doing splits. They'll still be fucking pyro and stupid shit yeah. that we all love. And I think that they were trying to convince everybody this is new and exciting. Come back. Remember how awesome kiss used to be. We're still this good. And now you can see our faces. I don't know. It must have worked because lick it up went platinum. Whereas Critches and I did not. And I'm not sure if you can say lick it up is a better album, but they're very similar. And one album worked and one album did not. Yeah, I, th- I think it was interesting when they talked to when when because JJ did have some good follow up questions because Paul and Gene would speak and then it would be kind of like the, the, the it would, like now they're very they love to talk. But back then, I don't know if it was nerves or if it was just the setting, but JJ did a nice job of kind of, of trying to keep the conversation going and talking about the history of the band and, and not just where they are now. And you you hinted at a little bit how he said about you're taking off the makeup now and, you know, there might be critics who might pay attention to you now and that now they might acknowledge you know your back yeah. catalog or you know how does that make you feel and paul's like oh you know we don't care about the critics and i wanted to be like well then can you explain why the fuck you made the elder then because you cared about the critics back in 1982 or 1981 yeah. so he know. did make a point he said like the people that listen i look and he's using that voice that voice that that, that personality that paul personality that he was that he yep. turns on and off throughout the 80s and 90s. Well, I look at the top 10 album list at the end of the year by the critics, and I don't recognize anybody, but one more obscure band from the, the next. Exactly. And that's okay. And then Gene obviously ends up, it's not the critics we care about. It's the fans we care about. <laughs> hey, the fans want to hear new music. All right, love gun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, some, some, a couple of comments here by some MTV people. So anybody that grew up, you know, our age watching MTV, you loved Martha Quinn. She was the greatest. So she had a couple of funny comments. She says, I remember jamming into the packed MTV control room to watch the unmasking. Everybody on the staff grew up for the most part in the seventies and kiss was in our rock and roll DNA. It's hard to remember now, but the reveal of what the guys in kiss looked like under makeup was historic. But it's funny because the production was so bare bones, you can really see the low budget early MTV. In many ways, the MTV that today is missed. At the time, Gene Simmons, he, he told JJ that Kiss was still Kiss and the band was very, very comfortable. Uh, but there's reports that behind closed doors, you know, behind the scenes, that Gene was like terrified because I think he had the most or in his mind, he had the most to lose. 
and he we've talked about that in the past about still sticking his tongue out on the album cover, still sticking his tongue out in the first concert, unmasked the demon and that whole persona. We've talked about that before, but I will say this, you know, maybe it's you know maybe you know kind of looking back as as an older Kiss fan, you know, we've talked about this before, Zeus, about things that Kiss does that no other band could or would ever do. This is pretty fucking awesome. Like a special live event to just like show you what we look like. Now, back in 83, people were probably like, yeah, whatever. But now, like in like again, it's like our band doing something cool that no other band has ever done. I'm like trying to think. It's not no no, it's not like a makeup thing anymore. I'm like, who else would do something that'd be like this is us now and we're different? The only thing, the closest thing I could think of is imagine if Metallica did an unveiling. This is us leader james hetfield and then they close up and they show his with the long hair oh yeah the short hair right yeah this is lars yeah now it's the short hair this is kirk now it's the short hair yeah. this is jason like do you know what i mean all the way down that's the closest i could think of something like oh my god metallica cut their hair and now they were an eyeliner too but that's a different right. story right but anyway there it, i find this stuff fascinating so again i'm gonna pump uh, the tires for Take It Off Kiss Truly Unmasked by Greg Prado Gotta get that book There's yes. a good section in there And he has, I'm not gonna read them all But he has a, um, a variety of different people Giving their opinions of Kiss Unmasking on MTV There are a couple fun ones in here That I have to read Oh yeah, let's go through these This one was pretty good about Rudy Sarzo wrote. You know, bassist from Ozzy, Quiet Riot, White Snake It was a ballsy move Something that they felt they needed to make what was really interesting about that, everyone in the industry thought, well, that's it. They can't go back to wearing the makeup again. <laughs> I love that. Yep. Here's one from your favorite, Getty Lee. I can picture Getty saying this because he's so unassuming about this stuff. No, I didn't see that. I already knew what they look like. I didn't really think about it. Frankly, I haven't thought about it. I don't think it was such a big deal. <laughs> like, who asked him that question in what context? As though somebody like he was walking to the getting on a train or something, like, hey, get in, get in. What do you what, what do you think of Kiss in 1983 when they took off the makeup? I, I don't know. I don't even think about it. But if if I can defend my boys from Rush, like that's how they they're just like very serious, like boring, kind of nerdy guys. And he's and he you're right, Getty was probably like. I don't know. I I toured with them. I know what they look like. A little makeup. I don't, I don't know. What, what I don't care. <laughs> he takes the whole purpose of the question, like, right. and makes it like, like this is a stupid question. I already know what they look like. Right. Like, he has no idea how big of a deal it was that they had makeup on and they were taking it off. Uh, you know, they have people from Lita Ford to Phil Collins from Def Leppard, Bruce Kulick talking. Here's one, Ann Wilson from Heart. I think everyone had the same kind of response in that laughs. I think it was put the makeup back on. <laughs> oh, now but she clarifies. She clarifies that she says not because of them personally, but just because they were so much more interesting with the makeup on that. They had come out with that as their cartoon. Dude, that's an insult. That right there is a passive aggressive fucking insult right there i'm yeah, sorry that, that's a steven tyler arrowsmith cut to kiss oh yeah yes oh that's nonsense Listen, bruce had an in- palmer 
Bruce had an interesting comment. He says it was pretty interesting. I mean, I knew what the guys looked like, so it was more like, how are they going to handle it? How are they going to present this? I thought it was really cool. The only odd thing to me was I was always going to keep my eye on the position that I wanted, which was Vinnie Vincent. He didn't look like he belonged. Ooh. He didn't look too good. He was looking looking, looking good. But then they they saved the two funniest ones for the end. All right. So, (laughs) (laughs) Gerald Casale, the bassist from Devo. I thought, Jesus, put it back on. (laughs) And then the cameraman, Mike Pellish, MTV cameraman. When Kiss decided to take their makeup off, I think Scott Fishman was directed. And he said, now we know why they put their makeup on in the first place. They were the four ugliest guys. <laughs> oh now, my god. I'm, to all uh with all due respect, Mike Pellish, have you listened to some of our album review crew episodes? We've described some of the not handsome looking bands before in the past. Here's a good one too from our our buddy Mike Reno from Loverboy. Yeah, who doesn't who doesn't love Loverboy? Mike Reno looks like he ate Mike Reno. Mike Mike Reno hit the extra value menu one too many times at the drive thru. Yeah. Mike, Mike Reno is sweating right now as we're speaking. Dude, those red leather pants. He ain't fucking squeezing those in. Ooh, fucking the headband around his head doesn't fit anymore. You can barely go around his wrist. He was the one. He was one. I thought his comments. I'm like, okay, dude, 1983, Level Boy's fucking huge. So you can you can kind of say what you want. But he's like, I thought it was not a very good move, just because they had created this illusion. I personally would have rather kept it that way. The illusion was created. It's kind of like finding out the magic you just watched, and actually, it was just a trick. I like the illusion. I would not have done an unmasked situation, but that's just me. I thought it was a very cool illusion again. But it was almost as big as watching the Super Bowl when they came on TV. It was big. That's why they did it. I love this. It was probably Gene Simmons' idea. <laughs> From kids. Exactly. But you're right. That That's another thing that I couldn't find. And I couldn't find any research yet. Who was behind this? Like, was it Gene or did MTV seek them? Like, because I think, again, I'm going to say this again. I think it's very fascinating that. This is a big deal in history. If you weren't a Kiss fan, you probably could give two shits. But if you were, this was big, and it still is big. Yeah, I definitely think it was Gene in that yeah. because they were shopping around. I think Gene picked up on the idea. He's at this point trying to do Hollywood and stuff like that, get in front of the camera. We're going to put our faces out there. The kids are all listening to that MTV stuff. 83, MTV's really taken off. That's the place to go. And if now we're talking about image, that's where to go. Fucking Good Morning American Today show is not give a shit about the band Kiss. If this was 78, they could go on those shows. MTV was hip back then. So it made sense. And MTV cared about music and this shit was important. Uh, I talked about it, that awesome MTV documentary I saw a couple uh, months back. There was one about the band and how, excuse me, the channel and how they changed format and everything. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I remember you saying that. Yep. Oh, it was it was so fascinating. But they could pull it off on MTV back then. MTV had a huge impact on an artist, and obviously it showed. Kiss went there. So, but 
you know, we, we, we've gone through the, the books. We've gone through the, you know, listening to the clip. Just overall thoughts. Good idea, bad idea, right place, right time, bad production, good production. What do you think? Well, look, it, it was it was 1983. We already said this once, but I'm just going to repeat it. Kiss wasn't really on the radar. If you were a diehard, you were. And I can picture Gene being like, hey, uh, yeah, MTV. Yeah, this is G- this is Gene Simmons from Kiss. I'm taking my makeup off. And they're probably like, uh, yeah, we got an opening at like 11 on next Sunday. You want to come by then? We can. We got like a fucking card table and a couple microphones. We can set you up with that. I'll take it. So that's probably what it was. And <sighs> MTV was still up and coming. MTV was not the, the behemoth that it was. So you weren't going to expect a, a fucking mini kiss concert. That would have been fucking balls out if they did that. If they like played lick it up or something like that and played did something. They did debut the video. They did. No, no, no. You're right. Makes sense. Here we are. This is it. Now go listen to our new video. Yep. Um, go watch our new video, should I say? I to me, Tom, I, I think this was a pretty good decision. You're right. They weren't in a position at that time to demand more or get more from anywhere else. The fact that MTV gave them this in 1983. After how bad creatures did and the tour did in the United States, I'm shocked they even got that. Yeah. I still think MTV did them a huge favor by doing that. Oh, no doubt. And then they put their videos on rotation there. And I remember Lick It Up. And then the radio pick up Lick It Up. Then Kiss got in that streak of platinum albums in the 80s that kept alive so they can get through to this point. So I I don't think it was something that uh, they could have expected to get better treatment or anything like that. I think it was done. I think it was done artistically. I think it was done by somebody that had respect for them, treated them with respect. I think uh, it was about as good as you can expect. Is it something that, you know, everybody, it's like one of those things like, yeah, I was at Fenway Park when Ted Williams hit his last home run in his last day at bat. Oh, yeah, I watched that. I was there. I saw that live, dude. Nobody saw that fucking shit live, except a few diehards. But we've all seen the classic clips, whether it be on Kissology now, YouTube, or anywhere else. We've all seen it now, and we're used to it. But I didn't see it live. I don't remember it. And it is it is quite interesting, and it's a little bit different. The other elephant in the room is, Tom, just three years earlier, it would have been a lot bigger if you unveiled Peter and Ace, but now you're revealing who Vinnie Vincent. Oh shit. Yeah. I think I heard they replaced Peter Chris. Oh, that is that their new drummer? Like either one of those guys was that established that you're like, Oh, I got to see what the Fox looks like. At least yeah. not in my, not in my mind. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. If, if you know, if they did it earlier with Ace and with the original guys, it would have been massive. But I think they had to do it, and I think I think it was a brilliant move because imagine if they didn't do this dedicated special with the unmasking. If all of a sudden you're watching MTV and you see Lick It Up and you're like, "What? The they took that? What? Like I can't believe like it. It set it. It it got people's attention 
for the new album, for the new era of Kiss, it brought the it brought the spotlight back on a band that needed the spotlight back on them. So it was a brilliant move. And you're right. I think it was I, I'm happy that they had somebody like JJ Jackson, who was a Kiss fan, who respected the band, who wasn't just some talking head with a microphone who knew nothing about them and who was trying to be like, hey, hey. like, and he was asking some pretty good questions. Um, you know, and look, I know I said a uh ace. I know I said Eric and Vinny didn't really talk too much. Look, with all due respect, they're not gonna have too much to say. You know, I I do wish we heard a little bit of something out of Eric, just maybe his opinion, but I know at that time his opinion didn't matter to Paul or Gene or even to Kiss World, because like you said, people like, Who is this? I don't know these guys. I know about the demon and the star child. But that being said, I, I'm I'm proud that this is my band because only they could pull this off. Yeah. I, I agree with you that no one else is doing this shit, but what I, what I'm thinking is I, I will give you a quick, good example. Um, you know, me right up there with kiss and everything else is my love of Elvis. So when Elvis was coming out big and he was starting out, now he got some love from Ed Sullivan and Ed Sullivan treated those artists in rock and roll with respect but there was another guy back then who was actually one, I think the first host of the tonight show. You remember comedian Steve Allen? Oh yeah. So he had Elvis on, he hated fucking rock and roll and he had Elvis on and he had Elvis wear a fucking tuxedo sing to the hound dog, like totally like emasculating him and fucking laughing him off and just make it different. I mean, they could have had somebody, no offense. They could have had somebody that really didn't care for kiss. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mark Goodman would have done a good job with this. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Nina Blackwood would because she was dirty. She I'm was. not. Sh- I'm not sure about Alan Hunter, or or even although she is pretty, she does say a couple nice things about Kiss. Uh, Martha Quinn. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I've heard her make comments about that. JJ was the perfect guy for this. He he gave them the respect. He, he showed them respect. And he handled it professionally. I think that, again, in the end, I think this was as good as you can expect. Agreed. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy. It's a piece of history and it's something to talk about. And I know, I know people have opinions on it from whether a you know, comedic visual side or just from, uh, you know, like some of the, some of the things that we've talked about tonight. And I'm, I'm going to be interested to see, and hear from some of our older listeners or even from some of the listeners who were 10 or 11 at that time, if they remember it, did they see it? What was the impact? Did you care? Did other people care? Is this something you talked about at school the next day? Cause I don't have any memories of it, unfortunately. So that'll be cool yeah. to hear from the listeners. We, as always, we love your feedback on this stuff. It's always great. You know, Tom, there's one more thing that we, I, we like to do on our TV appearance episodes. Mm-hmm. We like to rank them. Okay, so we've ranked so far the Mike Douglas show appearance, the Paul Lind Halloween special, Land of Hype and Glory, and now we got MTV Kiss Unmasking. In the past, you've ranked Land of Hype and Glory as number one, Mike Douglas show number two, Paul Lind Halloween special number three. Where does the MTV Kiss unmasking go? Well, the one thing that this 
doesn't have that those other three do is a live performance. So this has to go last. Well, they actually put on technically the video afterwards. Yeah, but that's I don't consider that part of this. I know what you're saying, but yeah, no, it's interesting, um, but it's it can't compete with those other those other TV appearances. So do you think when you rank this, are you ranking this based upon like seeing this now, this clip? Which one would you go back to to see more? And you're fascinated by? Is that how it works? Oh, yeah. I would go back and watch Paul Lynn and Mike Douglas and Land of Hype and Glory because there's there's more to them. There's performances. There's some comedy. There's some entertainment. I mean, with all due respect, there's nothing here. Just it, it, it's it's kind of boring. I mean, I'll be honest. With you. JJ did the best he could to keep it afloat, but it, it's kind of boring. There's really nothing going on. And then it just ends and they just go to the video. So it's not something that I would come back to again you know all right but you could always look at the vinny and veil and go oh my goodness oh jesus christ oh god all right tom so for me i ranked them mike douglas show paul lynn halloween special land of hype and glory okay i am putting this at number three i'm moving land of hype and glory down not a big fan of it. I know there was some good documentary stuff in there. I know you love it. There's some good documentary stuff, but it's not really the whole song being played. No, I'm not sure anything's going to beat the Mike Douglas show between the comedy and that firehouse performance. And then I love Paul Lynn's Halloween special for just for the campy humor and stuff. And Mrs. Brady shaking her fat ass and stuff. Dude, Land of Hype and Glory has live footage from the Love Gun tour. I know that's what you like. I'm telling you what I like. All right. And I, I just think this is iconic. I think uh, yeah, it's iconic. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And, and the other thing about it that I like, it's a big thing on MTV. Yeah. Okay. So it is not a, uh, how can I explain this? It's not some shit band trying to do something. And couldn't and was on some little dinky little thing on the corner that nobody saw, you know. Right. It, this right. is on MTV at its height. At its height. Yeah, but still. And it was all on Kiss. I love it. It bring, brings me back. I, goosebumps. I was around during that era. I didn't watch it, but I was alive and around that era. Like I don't remember Land of Hype and Glory as a kid, and I had. No, 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 I don't remember it afterwards. So the oh, MTV Kiss it. Unmasking is is legendary. And to me, okay. that's number three for me. Okay. Tom, this was fun. I really enjoyed it. I love talking about old Kiss stuff like this. The TV appearance uh, routine that we do when we, when we cover these clips. Um, and there's a lot of them. And I want to give a shout out too. I, I wasn't clear earlier in the episode some of the information we did talk about Greg Prado's book, but one of the books that we talk about all the time, and this is not to be confused with Julian Gill kiss FAQ. There's a book called kiss FAQ by Dale Sherman. And it's called all that's left to know about the hottest band of the land. It comes in a long line of FAQ series books. Uh, they have it on, on Zeppelin on black Sabbath on U two on the three stooges on star Trek. I can't stress enough. This book, you have to have to get it. It's got unbelievable chapters. It's perfect if you have a short attention span. It's an excellent reference book. Um, so I wanted to make that clear. We had we got some of this information um, for this episode on that. Yeah, my version has the 
the photo of early kiss with Peter and the weird makeup and of holding the knife, that famous yep. picture. Yep. Yeah. It's a good Absolutely. Tom, it's great. It's great. What we usually do next, we go on to uh this. Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTShop.com, and for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTShop.com. At ClickTShop, you can find lots of KISS-inspired t-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. All right, so our question of the week this week comes from big fan of the show, I Love It Louder. He says, or he asks, have you guys ever met the band? Any era? If so, what was it like? Any disappointments or surprises? Obviously, the podcast is amazing, and you guys do a great job. Keep it up. Thank you, buddy. And uh, also, I Love It Louder. Uh, Thank you for being a Patreon subscriber. We appreciate that, too. Um, but in terms of meeting the band, I think the closest that I've come to and Zeus, I think it's the same for you is probably when we, when we virtually met Bruce Kulik for our hundredth episode. Yes. I had planned to do the vault before everything got shut down too, as well. Okay. So I will tell you, I've had this reoccurring dream, Tom, and Uh-oh. no, it's not with Carrie Stevens. And, uh, I don't know one of the ADAs from law and order. Uh, (laughs) But I've had this reoccurring dream that somehow I'm at a kiss event and I'm friends with them and they're getting ready for a concert and we're talking. They're like, Hey, yeah, we need to get this or this instrument. And it's always me running around to try to help them out. And Gene's a buddy of mine and to help them set up this concert. And And it's just always a reoccurring dream, just like the one of, you know, oh shit, I didn't study for finals. How the hell am I going to pass this and graduate? <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, I've always had this dream. So I always, in my head, think, did I ever really meet the band? When they see me, they're not going to say to me, Zeus, it's been a while. Zeus. That's out of line. <laughs> so, no, we've never met them. We'd like to meet them soon, and we might be on the Kiss Cruise. Let's see how that goes. But Dan is uh, uh, actually, I love it. Louder is a great actual uh, listener of the show. And thank you so much for all that you do for us. Keep up uh, the great interaction with us and uh, appreciate the question. So I just want to just jump in here before we move on. So meeting, meeting celebrities, famous people, people you're fans of, people like Bruce Kulik, people like Jericho, Charlie Benanti, Carrie Stevens, Joey Casada. You know, famous. Wait a minute. You said famous people. Joey Casada? Well, he's oh. famous because we made him famous. That's why. Oh. <laughs> but what I'm, oh. what I'm getting at is there's oh. always that fear that these people that you enjoy, you, you know, celebrities, you follow them, and then you're going to meet them and you're going to be like, ah. Well, so far, that experience, they've all been wonderful for, for me and for the show. And I hope that if we meet any of these, whether it's Gene or Paul or Eric or Tommy or anybody, that that trend continues because we've all been blessed to have great luck and great experiences with the, with the people that we have met. Yeah, I just pictured us meeting fucking Ace 
or something like that, and, he, and him just being like, who, who am I talking to again? Which one are you or Paulo? And the other one's Frank? I don't know. It's Tom and Zeus. All right. Let's go, Hera. You're up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's always going to be something that we'd look forward to. I don't care what it is. You know, they, they're still our heroes. Just hope they're nice enough people to us in, in person. That's all. Never Absolutely. Know. Yep. Yeah. But great question. And uh, Tom, where can people find us? All right. So we always start off with the email. Uh, we love to read the emails. Uh, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Please send us your feedback, your comments, your questions, anything. We'll either respond to the actual email. Most of the time, we'll just talk about it and read it on the air and, and respond to it that way. Um, also on all the social medias, you know that Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, very, very responsive on all those primarily Twitter uh, but we also have the great Facebook group, the Shout It Out Loudcasters group. It keeps growing every day. It's fantastic. Uh, it's a nice non-toxic Facebook group. So come on over there. Uh, we always have a great time there. People posting pictures and sharing some stories and all the Kiss fandom that they love to do. And then, of course, uh, you you heard uh, our buddy Ed earlier in the show. Uh, he designed our great show logo. Uh, click t-shop click with a k click t-shop.com you can get awesome shout it out loudcast gear and all uh kiss inspired gear from some of his amazing designs that he has uh and we're part of the great pantheon podcast family tons of great new podcasts they keep adding so many over there and we're just proud to be part of that family um and yeah and don't forget about those those bonus episodes the album review crew as we're calling ourselves now and by the time you hear this the tesla mechanical residence episode will be out there so check that out uh and next month is my pick so get ready for that and more yeah we got a couple other surprises coming your way the dms send them our way as well we have uh twitter facebook instagram just dm us if you have a question or comment that you'd like to share with us and then obviously i always like to repeat the email Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. We love the show emails that we get. Please give us one of those five star, star. child reviews uh, on uh, iTunes or anywhere else you could give us a review. It's always greatly appreciated. And the last thing I think I want to say is uh, please, if you get a chance, take a look at our Patreon account. And if you're interested, please look at it. See if there's anything that you like. If you have a question on it, feel free to reach out to us. Subscribe, join the group, and uh, hope you'll enjoy it and have some fun with the rest of the gang that we have on there so far. Tom, what we usually do at this point is we go to famous last words. Oh, these are famous. Well, I found a lipstick stain of your kiss. Well, you can sink your teeth into this, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to dance all over your face. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Tom, I told you when I picked this one up, I'm like, holy shit. How do we never do this one ever? I don't. Because it's a terrible song. Go ahead. I can't wait to hear it. Like a dog to a bone, make you sweat, make you moan. Love is sweet, 
so insane. Come on and lick my candy cane. <laughs> I love that. I, I, you're right. That's the only good part. Dude, that should have been like our Christmas episode theme. Lick my candy <laughs> So bad. What the fuck? So bad. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Zeus, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Patreon subscribers, thank you. Fans, everybody, we love you guys so much. Without you, there's no show, so thank you so much for being part of the family. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.